Today's show is sponsored by Me Undies. Get 20% off your first pair and free shipping by going to MeUndies.com slash badchristian. Today's show is also sponsored by Beachbody On Demand. Get access to the entire platform for free by texting the word badchristian, all one word, to 303030. Today's show is also sponsored by Blue Apron. Check out this week's menu and get $30 off your order by going to blueapron.com slash badchristian. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Oh, shoot! Three, two, one, Joey! <laughs> hey, y'all, we in the bed! Okay. What's up, everybody? Did y'all oh, have a good nothing. Easter? Oh, man, I went to church, guys. You did? I wow. sure did. Wait, are you now I, one of those Christmas and Easter guys? Is that you now? <laughs> it makes me, <laughs> baby dedications. Well, well I want I want to be that. I want to be none. Honestly, is what I think. I think I shouldn't go to church because, man, I do I get critical. But uh, I, it was really bad. <laughs> it was, okay. A few things bother me. One, they nailed it with the children's church area. You know, like the the kids stuff, the children's ministry or whatever. Yeah, like your so kids loved it. So we might have it. to go back. <laughs> Might have to go back because I mean they nailed it. The sermon was whatever, you know. What uh, I don't know. He is but, risen. Blah blah blah. I, I, God, yeah, is just, yeah, God, God is real. God understands. Okay, whatever. It's just like man, I wish God you just just <laughs> gave me some serious information like a, a a teacher would or something. And don't I mean this the whole applicatory stuff is just gone in my life. Like don't give me something and then. Loosely, don't give me a little tiny bit of information, and then the, all the rest of its application. It just feels so terrible. Like I, I, I feel like I'm a millennial or something. I have a million questions. I just wish somebody would answer them for me. But I realized <laughs> we haven't been to church for in a while. Neither have our kids because two bad things happened. One, uh, we sat through the whole sermon. I'm just I'm right have all these ideas and I'm writing them down. Jess keeps looking and like telling me to stop or whatever because I'm writing all these ideas, and then. um <laughs> The and, and I, one of the ideas was for the new Emory record, which was kind of cool. But uh, so they get to communion and they pass out communion. And uh, the way they passed out communion was they put the bread in one cup and the juice in the other cup and then stuck them together, the juice on top, and just handed you. So you got one and you had to pull them apart, right? Well, uh, I pulled mine apart and then wasn't paying attention and put the other one back in and juice shot everywhere. I went, oh shit. <laughs> no, and, and everybody, everybody heard me. Everybody heard me. Just so like, was it whisper? No, it was. I was like, shit like that. Cause it spilled everywhere. Dark juice. I was like, damn it. Golly, What's the I'm impulse there for you to say that? Is it just you cuss so much that you can't stop yes. now? Or it's is just it ju- normal. It's the same thing as saying shoot or dang it or whatever. Like it just it just came out. Yeah, but I, I guess what I guess what I don't get is I can see you saying that word, but saying anything loud in that in in that environment. Well, is the surprising. guy was talking and music was playing. It wasn't like it was the quietest okay, moment. Gotcha. But, gotcha, but it gotcha. wasn't like super loud either. It was very. It was just enough to where everybody heard me. And there was a nice old lady that we had shaken. Shook her hand and said we were, first, you know, we were kind of there for the first time. We hadn't been. Oh, so now you're the She's like, oh, thank yeah. you, my family. She said she. There's this list of grandkids sitting beside her. She's like, my whole family came from Knoxville. This is such a beautiful day. And then, like, you know, 20 minutes later, the big dude in the back behind her new guy goes, shit. I thought that was the worst thing that could happen. 
Well, hang on on that one's what? funny to me because does that put you in the category of, and maybe whatever you're going to tell us otherwise does too, but you made those people's day. You didn't offend the people in church. You made them go, we have an unbeliever that we get yeah, to minister yeah. to. You made oh, their day. 100%. Yes. Yes. They were. They thought, oh man, this is exactly this where this is guy perfect, needs to be. Right. He's rough around the edges, but we might have somebody here that He's you new know, bless to his all wife's this. heart. She has to live with that. What kind of man is he? We're gonna we're gonna get that man saved, and then his family will be saved. They'll fall right in line. They think you're brand new to Christianity. (laughs) Don't know that you have ten thousand hours logged and are jaded, bitter, and over it. (laughs) Uh, Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) They would love to win me over to Christ for sure. I mean that that is true. Have y'all been witness to before? That's even. I don't even want to. I mean that that is even a good thing. They actually think like you know what I mean. They think uh oh, but it's funny that they thought that you're right. The idea that. He's in trouble, and I'm so glad he's here. <laughs> he's God brought right him place. here. Yep, yep. That thing that they sent out in the mailboxes, oh, it my worked. gosh, that worked. <laughs> it's worth every penny. Killed, Destroyed an entire rainforest for the Lord, but it was worth it for one soul. <laughs> hey, but, in, uh, fact, in fact, we should start a new ministry. We should build up a team of hundreds of people, tell them to go to your local church, and just pretend to be a brand-new convert just to boost morale right. and make all the churches <laughs> excited. Like, wouldn't that be a, a nice thing to do? Yeah. Oh, a, man, yeah, you're right. Like, like uh, the little just, children. You, it's like helping them find yeah. Easter eggs. Go look over so there. You Go just, look over there. You there send in is. actors every week to make... <laughs> 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 now, that's they the kind of thing Furtick and them would do for real. Yeah, I was it's just like going to say, Furtick does do that. Where they would hire actors, but not tell the congregation, yeah. just to inspire the congregation. Furtick and them. Furtick and them, yeah, whatever. I mean... That, that, that type. should be I'm a not new catchphrase on this that, podcast. Right? Furtick and them. <laughs> Furtick and them. That's good. That's, that's like an ABC sitcom. <laughs> and it's all about all the, the funny tricks yeah. you can use. The, for, the crazy <laughs> calamity things that yeah. happen when you do bad stuff. This, uh, this week is planted ba- spontaneous planted baptisms. Next week is uh, walk, homeless people walking in and getting saved. The next week after that is a miracle of healing that was pre-planned. Yeah, I'd like to give Just a shout to out to the Furtick and them. <laughs> Verdict in them. All right, so I thought that was the uh, worst thing that happened. It got way worse <laughs> when we picked up our kids from the awesome, and they were all so happy, and they got presents. Like, And they told them, this is the other thing, they did it perfectly. They told each of our kids if they came back, they would get presents again next year. You always get a prize oh, at church. so the kids will bug And so the kids just loved church, it, and it was, yeah. it was great. And so we're leaving, and they gave June, our littlest, she's five years old, a little finger puppet thing that's a kitty, right? It's oh, a man. Cat, a, little, a little cat. And I promise you, way louder than I said, uh, <laughs> we're walking out and all these people are, <laughs> so this backs up the idea that we're lost. I know where this is going, but go ahead. Of course you do. She said, uh, she said, oh, I love it. I'll name it Pussy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, Pussy. Hey, I love this Pussy. I can't wait to come back. And I was like, oh, my God. And we're just like, oh, my Lord. I was like, why does she even say that? She said, this wrong is Pussy the Cat. That. There's You're nothing right, wrong it's not. But she just she said it. Pussy. So I'll name it Pussy. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, super loud. And I was like, well, Morels, I don't know what we're going to do. But overall, <laughs> I, I mean, it's really funny. Still, I, there's something about the community that I like. Like it, everything, like it, it's a little bit, in, it's so endearing to me in a way of like, even if they do stuff that I don't like, it's still like people trying. So I appreciate it. But the whole system of church, man, just really still bummed me out. I was like, man, I haven't been to church in several, several months, and here I am, and I just don't know. And Joey, Joe, you you presided over what three services? Yeah, three services, man. 
We had, I tell you what, we had a packed house. We had to keep bringing chairs in. You're kidding. Uh, we had, <laughs> yeah. Are you being serious right now? I was trying to say what all pastors would say. <laughs> no, it is crazy because we do have super limited space. And I mean, the first two services, we, there's just nothing. You know how we try to do communion. Like we actually had to go row by row with communion, all that stuff. But, I, you know, I'm at a place where I realize that a lot of the systematic stuff I I don't like, I don't gravitate towards, and some of it I don't agree with. But I, I still, I, I can't, it, it's crazy. It's like I came, I, I've come full circle. I see the good that happens every single Sunday. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't get super annoyed by stuff. It doesn't mean that things don't rub me the wrong way. It doesn't even yeah. mean that I don't get pissed sometimes. But I see, I see the good that happens every single Sunday. And then you look at people who showed up on a Sunday and fast forward seven years, and they're still a part of this community. I can't say nothing against that, other than that is awesome. Well, you so, yeah. right. I mean, it's all know. in good fun. I mean, you know, there is a real big split, in my opinion, um, between what I think we do and what other groups and movements do that are similar to us. And I, look, I make fun of Furtick and them. Yeah, I'm making fun of them. Like, I don't hate him. I don't hope he loses right. his job. I don't hope he fails, and I don't hope everything is bad for everybody that I don't totally agree with. I think the people that are right. left of me are like me, and I think people to the right of me, like Furtick and them, are like me. I don't wish ill on them. I love making fun of them. I tell you who else I love making fun of? Joey and Reva and Toby. <laughs> that's fine. And that's the best way to do – that's just the best way to do stuff, make fun of it. And then it's doesn't – it's not that big of a deal. It kind of cools right. down the thing so you can actually kind of talk about it. And I believe all the parody and satire and just using that stuff casually is good for people and way more important and more effective. I just – I can't – really get over that. So I don't think anybody should take it that seriously. You don't have to defend church to the end and say what you're doing is actually good. You don't even have to say that. It's fine. I hope your church right. is good. I'm glad your Easter service was good and it was packed. That's good. It's funny. I guess what I'm saying, though, is I, I, I feel like I'm in a very healthy place mentally because, I I, I mean, I, I went through, I mean, Toby when Toby was here at, you know, working at the church that I worked at, too, I mean, I went through seasons of really being unhealthy in my mind as far as like, what are we doing? And is any of this worth it? I think and that was I think all me I, doing that. Too. I was no, like a basic, I was like no, you, you see, you keep forgetting that when you came, you had just left Mars Hill and you were pumped, man. And I was not. And so I just think, I think I'm at a place now to where You're so edgy, you're like an edgy pastor. <laughs> yeah. You don't even, you don't even like it, but you know, it's a calling. I'm 40 years old, dude. I'm not edgy. <laughs> but I, I seriously think, though, that when we have these sorts of discussions and when people are on both sides of both sides of the fence, it has to do with their cultural backgrounds. It has to do with where they're at in life. And that's why it goes back to uh, an episode that we did years ago where you said people should be able to graduate from church. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Joey just stopped because Matt's fiddling around with some kind of technology and it's uh 
now we get to see a video, and I, I'm assuming you're bringing this up, Matt, because you want to make fun of more Christianity. Yeah, right? while we're at it, I found something funny. I'm just trying to play a video here. But before I do that, i got to tell you guys about me undies. Now, okay. you've heard me talk about me undies, and you know that I'm a big believer in their product. I have, you know, notoriously, I've got a bright orange pair of me undies that is my favorite because I love yeah. orange. I love Clemson Tigers, but orange is not a good color for me to wear day to day, especially with wearing black because I just look like Halloween costume. So I wear my favorite color in my underwear. My underwear is the, my favorite thing that I wear because it's the most comfortable thing that I have. Now, MeUndies uses lensing micromodal in their underwear. It's a sustainably sourced natural soft fiber that starts with beechwood trees and ends with the most amazing fabric you've ever experienced the results the results are like just downright dreamy to me and you'll find them the same way meundies adventurous prints and designs are all limited edition and they put new patterns up all the time on a rolling basis it's fun it's fun to check back in find something new nothing's more important than your underwear it's the thing that makes the most contact with your skin directly in your most important areas also of course they've got a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee they guarantee that you will love their undies as do i or just get your money back nothing to lose there they've got a great offer for our listeners too for any first-time purchasers when you purchase me undies you get 20 percent off and free shipping that's pretty great me undies is so sure you'll love their underwear again 100 percent satisfaction guarantee get your money back if you don't like them so no-brainer get 20 percent off the most comfortable undies you'll ever put on and to get your 20% off your first pair and free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash BadChristian. That's MeUndies.com slash BadChristian. I right. bought Priscilla MeUndies for Christmas, and she loves them. And she loves them, too. Yeah, men, women, everything. It's good. Get them for your dog, for all I care. But they're good stuff. Um, Okay, so I, what y'all were talking about... The church stuff, and again, we'll continue to make fun of it because it's fun to make fun of stuff, stuff you love, stuff you hate, everything. But I thought this was just hilarious. People have been passing around the Internet. It's a uh, it's a sizzle reel or a promo thing for a conference coming up. Uh, it's, like a, it's called Stronger Men's Conference, right? and it's uh, – <laughs> We can pick this apart. You can watch this on our on our Facebook or YouTube, by the way, because we do this podcast yeah. in video. But it'll be funny enough just to comment on and talk about. Um, I don't know if y'all have seen it or not, but the Stronger Men's Conference, and they're going to have MMA fights, NFL superstars, you know, stuff like that. And it's just this most celebration of. <laughs> it just seems kind of tone deaf because it's very masculinity driven. Like I'm sure everybody that doesn't like it is going to lose their shit. Masculinity yeah, it's the too. most like, cliche. I, I, I mean, it might even be st- some of the stuff I might even like, but the way it's done is just so like salesman. Like this is what men are. So we're going to give you one <laughs> night of being real men. All right, let's let's watch this here. You can talk over it if you like or whatever. If y'all can see it and hear it though. Yeah. Okay. Men repelling from the ceiling. Flashing uh, lights, <laughs> a slam dunk basketball, oh, a monster yeah. truck oh, jumping monster over trucks. other trucks. It's everything a Back man flips. is. Electric guitar, another monster truck, MMA fight, a rapper <laughs> shooting Rapping. guns into the air, <laughs> <laughs> motocross backflip, a guy, another rapper, another slam Hardcore dunk, dancing. a preacher for a second, a drum group, men hugging and giving hard high fives, another rock band, fire, pyrotechnics. Speakers, Craig Groeschel, Louis Giglio, host, John Lindell, featuring NFL superstars, 
and MMA fights. They're going to have it <laughs> registered today. Prices go up. Prices go up 26th. on February 20th. You better do it. Too late. <laughs> Too late. We blew it. That just, well, I he, mean, here's, here's what shocks me. Here is what shocks me. And this goes right back to what I was saying is how different people are. There will be some guys that say, you know what? I'm going to invite my neighbor to this. this they wouldn't want to go to church with me, but they'd want to go to this. And they're going to do it, and their neighbor's going to go, and their neighbor's going to be like, I cannot believe how cool that was. <laughs> like, did your church really does something like that will happen. Now, I yeah. don't know who these people are that will have that sort of reaction, but they are out there. I agree with that, but how long does that last? Like, it's, it sure. feels like this I'm is such a, a small uh, thing that's un- unattainable and not, I mean, it's, it seems really cliche and tone deaf to me because why wouldn't you just go to a real monster truck rally? Where it will be good, or a real MMA fight? Because you got to slide that preacher between the MMA fight and the monster I mean, I know truck that's jam. What I'm saying. Of course, that's, like, that's why. what I always thought was so. I hated that everybody when you were in youth group, you hated that part where you're like, "Oh, there's all this fun stuff at the lock camp. Oh, here's where we have to sit for 30 minutes, and it has to be real serious, <laughs> and this guy's gonna preach because this is his time to talk, and it's so awful. Like it's it's awful. That's why it doesn't work. That's why you have all those things outside of the church. You know, what? you know what I mean? Why? Why do you need those things in the church? Well, because because it, has it draws the gospel people message out. there. No, but but what I'm saying is, it actually does draw people. So the church doesn't. So it has to bring things that work outside of the church that into the work. church right. that yeah. aren't normal. Right. But it's not normal to the church. So exactly. it's bizarre. So it's right? like that thing when they say, "Oh, they use this music and lights and smoke to manipulate people during the worship." Well, that's all. This whole all of these things. Uh, you know, you use the the monster truck to get the testosterone up and give everybody excited, and then they're in a good state of mind when you tell them whatever you got to slide in there. I mean, it's the same kind of thing. It's it's just that. But here's what I find crazy about it. And everybody, go look up this video, Stronger Men's Conference. You can find it anywhere and watch. And real the quick, so you before you say about. before you say that, Matt, I just want to state maybe the obvious. It sucks to be a, a woman that can't go see the slam dunking well, and the shooting sure, in the well, air. Maybe women can't go. I guess I don't. Even, maybe it's all for only women men love are allowed machine to go. guns shooting into the air. It's they were science. yeah. This guy was shooting machine guns into the air. So that's what I wanted to ask you guys and everybody at large here. I don't. He, it was a team. <laughs> That would be just awful. It was just a teenager shooting machine guns into the air. Well, it was somebody shooting what looks like two Uzis into the air on stage. I don't understand how that could work on any stage. But that's what they were doing. So that brings me to a real question here, which is surely it's, it's one of two things here. It's, it, I actually I said something about tone deaf, which is a very annoying insult to me when people say something's tone deaf because tone deaf ain't that bad. Like, to call something tone deaf, a lot of people are tone deaf. They're not very good singers. I don't find that a, a grave sin for somebody to be tone deaf about a piece of media they put out. Anyway, is this an issue of tone deafness? Like, don't you realize this is going to irritate and turn a lot of people off or give people like us or people that actually really want to destroy you a lot of some, you know, pardon the pun, ammo, or is this fuck you? We do guns, we do trucks, y'all are pushing back, fuck you. Because it's so obnoxious that I think uh, it might be that. And I don't think see, I don't the think, term yeah, fuck you in the meeting, but I, think, I don't think so because a lot of those speakers. Go ahead, Toby. No, but it, 
that is what is. they want to do, but they can't go that far. That's that's why it's all a lie. What they want to do is have my brother Mike go, hey, you fucking pussies. You're, is Satan fucking you in the head? How about come and be a real man, motherfucker? You like fucking guns? You like fucking seeing blood? Come here. Let's worship Jesus Christ, motherfucker. That's that what they want to say. Want. They yeah, can't yeah. because they can't. Nobody will come then if they say bad words what? or act tough, really. But They're not acting tough, really. It's this I don't, cliche thing. Here's tough stuff. Y'all come watch it. Right. I don't like, think it's good Lord. I don't, I don't think it's a middle finger response though to, you know, gun control and liberal. To shoot and all that stuff. to I show really a clip don't. in your video that you've obviously spent a big amount of money on, and one of the clips is uh, somebody shooting two Uzis into the air <laughs> with delight. I just, you you I don't, just think don't think it, it is. No, listen to me. You don't I think, think it's poor judgment. No, okay. I, Listen, it's April of 2018. We are in the middle of the parkland, everything, this and that. We're in the height of gun control shit going on. And then you have a – what everything about this oozes. Yeah. Give me insults Uzi's about toxic it. masculinity. Bring it on. And they got a guy shooting guns in there. There's no chance. You'd have to be a naive idiot to think that they didn't think, you know – at some point, somebody said, should we do the gun clip or not? Somebody made that choice, and know, they said, you know thinking. what? We're going to be bold. We're going to go for it. I'm, I'm, when I say fuck you, I'm, I'm telling you, they didn't use the language fuck you in their meeting, but they said stuff like code for that, which is we're going to be bold. We're going to stand up for what we believe. We're going to push back against the liberal agenda. That's what they're yeah. thinking, right? Yeah. Like, like this isn't just you being you. This is like an actual shot at the other side, which is it's like a passive aggressive, right? It's a passive too, aggressive, yeah, and, and I just don't I think mean, so. I don't think so. You don't think so. You think what? No, they, you think I that mean, everything like I just said is, is not blind true. And doesn't, no, don't shoot guns in the air like right Do now. You, like I you mean, don't he, think anybody I mean, that crossed anybody's mind that, that would be in ask poor Pastor taste. Greg if he'll walk out with a shotgun this Sunday at church <laughs> and say, "Hey, this is my rifle from when I was a kid. Just wanted to show well, it to you." I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. I don't. I don't know a lot. I don't know a lot about Giglio, but I. If if it is that sort of message that you guys are talking about, it's definitely coming from like the host and sure. the actual the actual conference, but not the speakers. Well, of I course, just don't think of that course. everybody is 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 trying to do that. But I, I will say, along Joe, you get hold lines, on a second, Joe. You're giving people credit in a weird way. There, we had a conference and we made art and trailers for it, and Pete Ends didn't get to look at it. it of course, it doesn't have anything to do with Louis Giglio. But yeah. there are people here who you. I mean, surely you're not saying. I think they threw in the gun clips and never thought twice about it, and it didn't even matter, and it never crossed anybody's mind. Surely you don't think that. Yeah, I think there's a possibility that they're looking at that video and like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe we did that. Do you know how many times that happens to people where they're like, I can't believe I said that. That's the worst possible no, thing I could have. This said. is loud and proud, though. They're not. They're not. So Sorry, you think if you talk I, to them right now, they're embarrassed and wish they didn't do it. Do you think that? Possibly. Possibly. I don't think that's true either because, of course, they haven't okay. apologized or taken it down or edited it. If they felt the way you're saying, we wouldn't leave it. Well, well, let's let's also not forget that it was probably less than even a second that you even see it. Right. So would but you I'm really saying want if we had clips, more attention to it, I'm just saying it's a possibility that you guys are not right, and I don't think it matters. Well, a, okay, but you agree to, it's a very low possibility that we're not right. No. No, I'd say 50-50 chance. That's insane. Toby, set him straight on that. It's not 50-50 chance whether or not they think this will come off aggressive to other people. That's not a 50-50 chance. You get so caught See, up in a certain – the problem is they're so caught up in a certain flavor of masculinity. And I'll say, okay, this event may be cool. But that's the Matt's point. Hold on. That's Matt's point, though. 
He's saying they're so caught up in this that they have to show everybody that even guns are okay. But that's what I'm saying is it's loud and proud. Not I wish we didn't do that. That's not what's going on here. But it's probably more from a perspective of let's be males, not, ooh, we probably shouldn't show a gun, but let's just do it because we're just going to be radical and show people what true masculinity is. Stand up for what we believe. This is the language they would be using, of course. But he, here's another here's another. They also have potato guns of, you can shoot at a little tiny uh, miniature Sodom they made. <laughs> <laughs> I will yeah. say this that this this event doesn't bother me uh, as as much just because how it's being presented is accurate and that's what it's about and you can say nope that's that's not something that I'm interested in like I don't I don't like going to men's events at Seacoast because it's definitely geared more towards this sort of thing. I think the unfortunate thing though is when this same vibe permeates through all of men's ministry because then you have dudes feeling like okay well i guess i'm not that kind of male which means maybe i'm not masculine which that's what drives me crazy is you have a certain type of femininity and a certain type of masculinity and uh that's very much so pigeonholing what that looks like well well i don't hope this cancel conference gets canceled or taken down or anybody gets a refund i think they should probably do great i think they should go have their fun i mean whatever i don't care at all and here's what's the thing about me that drives me crazy is i love masculine shit i like explosions and trucks i love all that stuff but in that package just the the cheesiest possible conceivable thing but look i'll never be apologetic i love a monster truck they're awesome. I wish but I could I would, drive one. I, I, mean, I know, I but like it, that, so there's it, nothing so wrong my, with that. That's my thing. Wouldn't it be way better if all the men just went to a monster truck rally? Right. That's what I'm saying. And, I, and I, drank I, a beer with each other and yeah. maybe said a bad word and yeah. it felt okay. And women are, yeah, are free to like masculine things, you don't get to brag too. about the numbers, Toby. <laughs> Those numbers aren't yours anymore. I know. Ma- what I'm saying is <laughs> masculine things a, are not the preachers bad. preachers get to say their spiel. Do you know? Do you know what I'm saying though? The masculine things are not bad things. They're fine things. There's nothing right. wrong with yes, explosions and I, motocross. These things are not toxic just because they're masculine. Masculine shit is awesome, you know. And, I, and it's fine if men and women, either one of them, like masculine or feminine stuff. On the other hand, feminine shit is awesome too. I braided Georgia's hair the other day when Bridget went to a work meeting. I gave her a bath and I put the special oil in her hair and I took the time to comb out all I've never done this before I'm sure y'all have but it's never crossed my mind to do this and I braided her hair and I got sat down and I was doing it and I was trying to get it right and I just she relaxed and it was so calm and peaceful and I was doing this little you know four-year-old's hair and it was I loved it it was so super sweet Uh, that's a feminine thing that I like yeah, but monster yeah. trucks are badass. They're masculine things that are great. I love it. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with those things. Yeah, but eventually, an event like this, even by the church, will be looked at as I cannot believe we used to do that because oh, yeah, it's crazy. You would not, you would not have an event like this just in the uh, mainstream realm of hey, we're gonna be tough men. Let's everybody gather and do this stuff. No, if you have a monster truck event, you're gonna have women. Children, right. dudes, families, lesbian couples, you name it, everybody's going to be there. And at some point, the church is even going to be like, I can't believe we did stuff like that. I truly believe that. They, at, at some point, men's events like this will go away. Now, I'm not necessarily saying men's ministry or men's small groups or anything like that, but this kind of stuff. And I, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of feel like I look at it and I'm like, eh. Okay. Well, that's kind of oh, cool what like you're saying. That leads fest, us into but... our guests here yeah. today. Um, it's the authors of the book The Way Back, and uh, it's pretty cool. It's Jonathan, I mean Phil Phil Cook and uh, Jonathan Bach, and this is how Christians blew our credibility and how do we get it back. So it'd be interesting to ask these dudes 
um, what they think about this, like the masculinity. They might love it. I don't know. Maybe or just the straight, church but... marketing aspect of it. Yeah, it's kind of in line with that's right. Thing, right. Hey, can I talk about food real quick though before we do that? No, we need to do an ad and try to see if we can get these people. Oh yeah, right. You can talk about food. <laughs> Feel free. I gotcha. Well, here, here's what's super cool about that that I've learned an extra benefit of Blue Apron. That's what I'm talking about, which is the leading meal kit delivery service in the United States of America is it's actually taught me how to cook. Like now I can do certain things that I didn't used to be able to do. My wife and I also save the recipes that they send us so we can have the same meals over and over again because they're just so good. But uh, Blue Apron, it's the number one fresh ingredient also that like we have to remember that fresh ingredients, recipe delivery service in the country. Their mission is to make incredibly incredible home-cooked meals accessible to everyone. They achieve this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. Here's what's neat, too. It comes right to your door. You didn't have to go to the grocery store because everybody knows that we're pressed for time. It gives you step-by-step instructions, and I don't think I've ever gotten one of their recipes that was like over 30 minutes. Like Everything Mm -hmm. takes a very minimal amount of time and it is i say this all the time and i really mean it. it's like the best food that i've ever put in my mouth and i made it you can choose like a two-person meal plan so if you don't have any kids you got a, a family meal plan and interestingly enough they've also started a wine plan you can get six bottles of wine from renowned winemakers delivered monthly so that's pretty cool as well so blue apron is offering our listeners 30 dollars off your first delivery so when it comes to dinner, let Blue Apron take care of the planning and shopping while you do the cooking and the eating. You'll enjoy delicious meals like popcorn, chicken, and sweet chili cabbage slaw. And uh, it's it's cumin, right? Or cumin spiced wonton noodles? How do you say that word? What's that spice? I'm not looking at it. Okay. C-U-M-I-N. Cumin. Cumin. Yeah, thank you. And vegetables and peanuts on the table in 30 minutes or less. With uh, incredible ingredients and chef design recipes, Blue Apron lets you see what the power of food can do. So check out this week's menu. Get your $30 off at blueapron.com slash badchristian. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Well, Phil and John, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you. And both of your video and audio setups look good. So we'll have some fun. Thank you. I'm, I'm wearing a lot of spanks right now. Just <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering. y'all. Both your audio and your visuals, everything is good. I was wondering... It, a uh, question I always have is uh, when two people write a book together, how do you decide who writes what? And is it like, does it ever get tense? And you're like, you want something or, uh, you know, Phil wants something. I don't, does it, w- give us a little bit of that process, just writing a book together. It was pretty simple, actually. I just wrote everything. John just <laughs> criticized it. That was all. <laughs> yeah. It's so easy. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> it, it actually was a surprisingly um easy process to tell you the truth um not the writing of the book it was really long and hard um but the process between us was was pretty good i i i've done a lot of marketing writing so when uh you know i've I've spent the better part of 18 years trying to shove everything into like seven words Mm -hmm. right and um and then a publisher says like great so we just need sixty thousand words (laughs) <laughs> and uh, fortunately, Phil's a, like a prolific writer. And so, you know, he would bust out page after page after page. And I'd be like, oh, I got two paragraphs today. I'm really excited. Is that but, really close to the ratio? Like he'll write multiple. No, 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 no. Like, what? I mean, he 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 writes in a process that's just like get it down on paper. 
And then, uh, and then I would edit that and then I would add to it, but I, I didn't know how it was going to go either. Cause this is the first book I've ever written. So I don't have anything to compare it to. So what but is that ratio well. though? 10 pages of, of just, you know, stream of consciousness and ideas and thoughts. What is that actually condensed to? I really don't know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, we wrote two books in this process. We probably threw out twice as much as <laughs> is in the book. And so I'd write, I'd write 50 pages and send it to John and he'd say, well, 30 of these pages are crap. So he'd throw <laughs> it out and we'd start from there. So the, the half the book got trashed and then he tweaked it and it ended up being a pretty good book, I think. Well, the book's called The Way Back and the subtitle being How Christians Blew Our Credibility and How We Get It Back. So I know you guys have the book out and have probably done many interviews, but what's the at least the short answer to that question? How can we get it back? Well, first, you know, how did we lose it and how can we get it back? And what do you mean by credibility? <laughs> well, I, look, I think it's it's not surprising to any of your viewers or listeners that there's there seems to be this real disconnect between how we perceive ourselves as Christians and how the world perceives us, uh, at least here in America. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's most evident in uh, something like the fruits of the spirit which is what we're supposed to be known for. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You know the, you know the mm-hmm. list. Um, so I'll ask you this question with this question. Which of those words would you say that non-Christians use to describe the Christian community here in America? <laughs> what of those do? None, yeah, right? Definitely none. None. I mean, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a problem. And, and so that's kind of where this process started for us and uh, ultimately led to the book. We, we initially started from a place of, and, and it's probably because we're media and marketing guys, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little mm-hmm. bit, but um, we started from a place of we have a PR problem. Right. And what can we do about it? Well, I mean, we've got both problems, though. I think that the Christians think that it's, if they don't have that reputation, the non-Christians, it seems to go really easily in their category of, yeah, that's because it's those liberals and the agenda and yeah. Satan, and that's why. Well, yeah, it's and, not because of what Matt, we're doing wrong. And Matt, they'll also say, well, um, Christians are supposed to get persecuted. Right. Like, we're not supposed to be understood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's their which easy is, out. Which is crazy, because do. that's not how Jesus was received at all. Yeah, absolutely. And and the truth is everybody listening to this podcast is, is you know understands that in the last 20, 30, 40 years, Christianity's just virtually disappearing from the culture. I mean, we used to be ignored, now we're ridiculed. Right. And so you see it on primetime TV, you see it in the news, you see it in morning shows, you see it all the time. And so um there's no question that things have shifted 180 degrees. And for the most part, Christians have responded badly. I mean, we've tried anger strategies. We've gotten upset. We've got frustrated. So we get involved in politics. Well, that hasn't really worked. Then we started boycotting things. You know, you don't say Merry Christmas. You say Happy Holidays. I won't buy your Home Depot or Target. (laughs) That doesn't work either. So all those things haven't worked. So we really started exploring what is it that's, what's, what would work? You know, what's the thing that we need to be doing that we've virtually forgotten about? And that's what really the point of the book is about. What's the thing that we could do that would help change the perception of people out there about who Christians are in today's culture? Do you so have some blame is, on is secular a, culture for that, though? Yeah. Do what? Do you put some blame on secular culture for doing things like ridiculing us, though, as you said? 
Well, here's the deal. That's that's what started us going to some polling companies. We went to the biggest research firms in the country, Barna, Gallup, uh, Lifeway, Pew Research. And we started looking at baseline characteristics of Christians. What do Christians do in their daily lives that, you know, you consider would be normal, not hard stuff like fasting or mission trips, just simple stuff like prayer, <laughs> Bible reading, church attendance, tithing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the statistics, when we looked at the, the numbers, it was absolutely horrifying. I'll give you a couple. John can give you a couple. For instance, when it came to church attendance, the bar is now so low that if you show up just 19 times a year, you're now considered a regular. Just oh, yeah. <laughs> out of eight Sundays, you're considered a regular. Uh, Bible reading. We discovered that 40% of church-going Christians in America read the Bible rarely or never. I mean, consider almost half of the church-going Christians read the Bible rarely or never. Mm-hmm. Um, John, tell them, tell them about the, the prayer and the tithing statistics. Yeah, and, and by the way, when we say church-going Christians, what we have really discovered is, um, as Phil rightly said, is that it's essentially about 80% of the country, between, depending on, the, on the, the study you look at, between 70 and 80% of the country claims to be a Christian, right? Classifies themselves as a Christian. But really on a weekly basis, it's 20% of the country. So when, when we're saying regular church attenders uh, only reading the Bible, you know, or 40% of them not reading the Bible at all, that, that's the people who are regularly showing up, not Christmas and Easter Christians, not people who just classify them. So these are people who are actually showing up. Uh, in terms of tithing, only 10% of regular church attenders actually tithe 10%. Um, so. Good Lord. Now, is that a, is this a, when, when you guys wrote this book, were you thinking Christianity in general, or are you thinking writing this book to the churches? Cause it, to me, Part of these statistics and stuff, it does seem like there's some kind of disconnect with, uh, it seems like maybe people are Christians and they don't care about church or wanting to give their money there. Like there, there's, is there, did y'all find an issue with that? Well, here, here's the thing you give, you know, I, a lot of people argue about the tithing thing. We're not required to tithe. Well, the bottom line is you give to what you're passionate about. You know, if you're a hunting enthusiast, you buy hunting stuff. Yeah. If you're a sportsman or you're a football fan, you, you, you spend a lot of money on that area. So Christians are not giving to what they're passionate about because they're not passionate about it. Uh, prayer is a good example. We discovered that we got excited, actually. We found out that 63% of Christians think prayer is essential. We thought that was good. Yeah. And then we realized the flip side means 37% of Christians don't believe prayer is essential. That's more than a third <laughs> of Christians. So here's the bottom line. Regardless of how you characterize a Christian, the baseline stuff, prayer, Bible reading, showing up at a church, uh, supporting the effort. We're not doing that. So to answer your early, earlier question, we have the nerve to criticize the gay community for living the lifestyle they've chosen or Hollywood living the lifestyle they've chosen, which we're not living the lifestyle we're called to live. So we've got absolutely no, no room to criticize here. As John said in the book that we become the fat guy in the gym that criticizes everybody, that, that, excuse me, lectures everybody else about health. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not good. a pretty picture. All right, folks, I am trying to get healthy, eating right making my body feel good, my brain feel good. And I will say this, with Beachbody On Demand, I have my workouts, uh, nutrition plans, fun stuff that I think is awesome 
right on my phone or whatever you want to use, your tablet, computer, whatever you want to use. Beachbody On Demand is an easy-to-use streaming service that gives you instant access to a wide variety of super effective workouts. And that's true. They really are effective, super effective even, uh, that you can do from the comfort of your living room 24-7. That's what's so cool. I travel a lot. Um, I'm at home a ton. I don't always like going to the gym. It's crowded. It's crazy. It's so easy to just do a workout right in the comfort of your own home. It's really wild. And this company, I mean, they have a history of success. Um, they're the folks behind P90X, Insanity, 21 Day Fix, T25, Brazil Butt Lift, Pio, Hip Hop Abs, and of course, three week yoga retreat, uh, which is really cool because. I've been getting into yoga. I've been trying to, like I said, get my mind clear, get my body healthy. And yoga is one of the most things I never thought I'd want to try to do at all. And it's really good. I mean, it's really hard and really good. And maybe even more so for my brain. That's what's so neat. I mean, who I never thought about working out uh, using my phone and it being good for my brain. <laughs> that is why Beachbody On Demand is so cool. And I, I seriously, so... Right now, our listeners can get a special free trial membership when you text "bad Christian," uh, which is a code, all one word, uh, no spaces, to three zero three zero three zero thirty thirty thirty. Let me say that again: our listeners will get a special free trial membership when you text "bad Christian," all one word, no spaces, to three zero three zero three zero. You will get full access to the entire platform for free. All the workouts, nutrition information, and support totally free again just text bad christian to 303030 that's 303030 bad christian see it's interesting because a lot of what you got like uh, for those of uh for those of you you guys may not know but i i pastor a campus of seacoast church which is a big mega church in the southeast and a lot of what you guys are saying you know as far as lack of per- uh, participation on christian's part I think I don't know for me from kind of a different angle I see that as as maybe part of the problem of the perception for example like people uh a- attending church like why I'm curious why is that such a an integral part of the 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 research or the implications of what you guys are are saying like I'm with you as far as the lack of credibility but why would not attending church be a symptom of that. Oh, yeah. because we're not we're not living the lifestyle God called us to live. I mean, the bottom line is if we're not showing up, if we're not living a life, and, and trust me, in the book we go much deeper to other areas yeah. as well. But yeah. if we're not doing the simple baseline things that God's called us to do, it's what the world calls us hypocrite, yeah. phony. They're exactly right. I mean, they're yeah. exactly right. The, the what we discover the bottom line is is. The greatest threat to American Christianity is not the rise of Islam or secularism or the ACLU or Planned Parenthood or the gay community. Mm-hmm. The biggest threat to American Christianity is American Christians because we're yeah. simply not living the life we're called to live. So we're now, talking. Go ahead. All now, right. for, I think what we. Oh, go ahead. Um, as I started out, you know, we we initially thought this was a PR problem. Yeah. But the more that we dug into this, the more we realized, especially after seeing these devastating stats is that it's a Salesforce problem. We simply don't believe in our own product. And so it would be like if you went nice. to Pepsi for a meeting and you're in the conference room there and 75% of the people are drinking Coke. What would you think about Pepsi? <laughs> that's good too. Right? Yeah. And that's what's going on here. And so to answer your question, the, the problem is a perception problem. Yeah. It's 
you are, you say one thing and you do another and you don't believe in your own product. Why should I believe in your product? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know one thing that was really cool in the book. I think it's chapter four. You guys talk about the Packers, which we're all, all three of us are Packers fans, which I thought that was really cool, but, uh, it was kind of neat because that was Toby's takeaway. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I got out of it. So that's why I love your book. You talk football, <laughs> but uh, two, two, go ahead. Two things from that from that uh, chapter that were neat were you kind of alluded to this idea of this God or religion or, or maybe it's even church system that we built. It's like our God is who we built. I, I want you guys to to talk about that a little bit. I thought that was a pretty neat take on the God that we built. We kind of feel the same way sometimes. Go ahead, John. You thought of that part. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, look, if you if you look at the Ten Commandments, right, um, probably the most ignored commandment after keeping the Sabbath holy is no graven images or no idols. And so, um, look, you know, we, we, we all know the story of the, the Israelites. Um, and we, we look at um, the issue of, of idols as like an Israelite problem. It's a long ago problem. It's a it's like leeching, right? Like, or indentured servitude. Like this happened so long ago, this doesn't happen, have anything to do with us. Um, but that's not what we, we found. Um, we, we actually think that American Christians right now are the most sophisticated idol makers in the history of humanity. Because we have essentially um, created a version of God with uh, that's really a, a version that we believe in. It's just of our own making. And we've just painted a veneer of it, um, of God, so that people, so people would be comfortable with it. But, you know, look, it's a, it's a, it's a God, the God we've created, you know, he, he doesn't mind that we're only going to church as a community three out of every eight Sundays. And he's, he's okay with us not tithing. And, um, you know, he's okay with us not reading the Bible. And he's, he's totally okay with us, you know, having affairs and divorcing at the same rate as everybody else. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a God that conforms to our view of the world instead of us conforming to his. And that is that other God. Can, is there another way to look at that? Well, there's probably two ways to look at it. So that from the one you're saying there, it sounds like you're saying a, and please correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but like, as if the remedy to that was for us to take our own shit more seriously, you know, like maybe we should, live better lives in accordance with what we believe God wants then. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah. No question about it. I mean, the God that we've created, you know, we we don't think of ourselves as idol makers. Like John said, we don't build a golden calf in the lobby of the church when the pastor goes on vacation. But the truth is we've created this God that looks a lot like the God of the Bible, but he totally understands that I'm cheating on my wife because she's gotten older. She's kind of grumpy. And he wants me to be <laughs> she happy, is so right? grumpy. God. And, you know, he looks just enough like the God of the Bible to pass for yes. that. But ultimately, it's a God that we've created in our image instead of us creating our lives to conform to God's image. So, right. So the other point of view right. there that to, – To be clear, Phil's wife is still super hot. But grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> um, hell yeah phil yeah. <laughs> nice work man the uh, cliche would be of course smoking now, now hot it's, would be it's the unfortunately but... his second wife and she's 23 years old <laughs> and he's cheating on her he is amazing he is cheating on her but <laughs> well so so what that leaves me with the other way <laughs> the other way to take what you're saying there about the god being an idol and this is like gonna be me sounding like a non-Christian. 
So the, the other way to take that, um, if you mistake what I'm saying. But it's like, okay, well, there may actually be a real God, but it ain't this one that we have. Like, maybe there is a real God, but it ain't nothing like all the stuff we've even been taught. Is that not a possibility, too? Like, the whole way that American evangelical Christianity, at least in 2018, that whole shebang could be some form of idol, no? Well, it's no question. Uh, a good example of that, I think, is the fact that we've, you know, Christian, evangelical Christianity has gotten so caught up in the Republican Party mm-hmm. that yeah. we have an entire generation of young people that look at Christians and think, assume everybody's a conservative Republican. Yeah. And the minute you drag God and the church into politics, I mean, I'm all for voting. I'm all for running for office if you want to join a political party. But the minute you drag the church into it, I mean, statistics indicate right now we're roughly about 50-50 of the country, Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative. Mm-hmm. So the minute you drag the church into the Republican Party, you just alienated half the country. So how does that help the cause of evangelism? It absolutely doesn't. And I think that's been a huge turnoff for the for millennials in particular because they look at that and see that's not a God I want to be involved in. I don't want to be involved in a God that that's a Republican. So it's definitely a problem when you drag the church into politics, no question about it. Mm-hmm. Do you guys go into any celebrity culture type stuff as far as how we worship the big names and love the conferences and love the big platforms and all that stuff? Because that, that to me, seems like it should be the biggest turnoff. Yeah, you know, human nature is human nature. And yeah. I think everybody's celebrity driven to a great extent. Even in the Christian world, we, find a, good point. we find a speaker that we really like. And yeah. I, I get that. I'm not... You know, I, I, they, we've taken it sometimes to crazy extremes, but um, there, there's no question that um, we've lost this idea of what the church really is. Uh, because instead, you know, I, I worked with a, I worked with a, a guy from a major, major ministry. Everybody know the name of it. Really respected ministry. One day, and and he said, you know, I never go to church. And I said, why not? And he said, you know, I, I do this. I, I work for a ministry five days a week. Why do I want to go to church? He had totally lost the concept of what church really is. And I just think when we're not living that out, the world sees it. I mean, like to answer your question a minute ago, the world may not notice that I go, don't go to church every Sunday, but they notice my life is not living up mm-hmm. to the level I, I, I talk about. I'll give you a great example. A friend of mine was in a plane recently and he, he was in first class. He sat next to a business guy. They started a conversation. My friend finally said, have you ever considered you know, becoming a Christian? The guy said, yeah, actually I have. He said, however, I have two vice presidents that work for me. They're on the same flight. He said one of them cheats on his wife, uh, is cheating on his wife with the secretary. The other gets drunk every weekend. He said, they're not living any different lifestyle than I am. So why do I need to become a Christian? I'm not, I don't really see any difference. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge, huge problem in this country. When we're not living it out, that's become, that's just a huge, huge issue. Yeah, and also the methods we've chosen. Like, it's basically there's a real strategy here. And so let's talk about marketing and stuff, but... There's really a strategy at here, and it could be what we need to do is try to increase the fruits of the Spirit and demonstrate them. That would be a strategy. That could be a strategy. But that's not the strategy we've chosen. We've chosen post even more strong. No, the, the, the strategy we've chosen is fight. Yeah. You know, and that's what we do through our political expression and our Facebook usage and the lib, you know, fight the libtards or whatever we're doing. You know, (laughs) that is fighting. That that is that's just not that's a strategy. It seems like. Well, for 
For sure, anger strategies don't work. I mean, if they worked, wouldn't missionaries use them? Wouldn't right. they just show yeah. up and uh, yeah. with you know with their boycott signs and memes? Uh, it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. Our most missionary with memes against the cultures <laughs> that they're trying to reach. That's a good idea. And I'll tell exactly. you this. I'll tell you this. Um, I work with churches and ministries for a living, and and getting mad at the culture raises a lot more money than actually serving the culture. Oh, so if you're talking about fundraising, it helps to have an enemy. So oh, no. it's, you know, if you want to raise, if your, your goal is to raise money, go after the gay community, go after Hollywood, go after the ACLU, go after somebody else, the abortion people. Does that um, imply that raising money is actually the, the agenda then? Uh, so, I mean, if you just follow the actions and not people's words, but their actions, then it's clear that money is what they're after, not. No cultural progress no. well and i and i think it's uh just circling back around i think it's important also to acknowledge that we have to be careful not to take what you said too far as as far as well i'm not going to be like them because uh they're no different from me he's sleeping with his secretary and he's getting drunk every weekend like we have to be careful not to make christianity e- equivalent to this unbelievable unbelievably pure lifestyle like there's also got to be this that tension of yeah we're trying to do the best we can but we also are a lot like you and here's this savior that you know gives us grace and keeps giving us second chances and and keeps you know welcoming well, that's us what, that's the question his... i was bouncing off that's what i was going to say what the question i wanted to ask you guys is it sounds like exactly what joy's saying is we've been tricked into it's works-based and you look at everybody else's works, and then you, you decide that you're better than them. Like Christians, it, it, the, one of the perceptions that Christianity has is we are super interested in everything bad you do, and we want to tell you about <laughs> it and make it because we don't do bad stuff. And and that's kind of what I was wondering. Like y'all, what is y'all's strategy too of fixing this problem? And and what what is it? Why have we been deceived and thinks that it that it's certain things that it's not? Well, it's it's one of those issues that's like, uh, have you ever played that game? Maybe uh, when you were in uh, junior high, or maybe with your kids, like the one degree difference of things. You know, like oh, if, yeah. if, if you do one degree off, right? Um, you know, within a foot, it's nothing, mm-hmm. right? Within a mile, you're ninety five feet off, off yeah. right? Between here and the sun, you're a million and a half miles off. So for us. We're like, all right, well, where do we go wrong in all this and, and how do we get it back, right? And so we had to go all the way back. We decided to go back uh, to the early church. And when, when Jesus left the, the Mount of Olives and uh, left the disciples standing there, here's where they were. They had nothing. They had no money. They had no power. They had no political influence. Uh, they had no plan. Right. They had no plan so bad that at some point, two angels had to come down and say, fellas, come on, let's go. Time to go. And all they had was the Holy Spirit. They had uh, and, and they had just like a rock solid commitment. And so from that place of being a backwater uh, province, a cult in a backwater province in the Roman Empire, within 200 years, they become one of the most influential forces in all of the Western world and in ancient times, especially traveling, that's, that's lightning fast for how fast uh, Christianity spread. So we looked at that and said, how did they do that? What, what did they do? And, and what can we do to model that? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and it's and the interesting thing was they they didn't do it by politics, they didn't do it by boycotts, they didn't do it by getting mad. You know, they couldn't do any of those things, so they would act. And uh, there were cases like, for instance, infanticide. You know, there was no regard for life in the Roman Empire whatsoever. If you had a child you didn't want, or it was an extra mouth to feed, more often a girl, that you would just take the baby out to the city wall and let it die of exposure. So common. We have letters, existing letters from Roman soldiers written back to their wives saying, look, when the baby's born, if it's a girl, just just expose it. And Christians hated that because they knew children are born in the image of God. And so they couldn't complain about it. They couldn't pass laws against it. But they would go out at night. These crazy Christians would go out under cover of night and take in these abandoned children, bring them into their family and raise them as their own. And other members of the community, the Christian community would chip in money to help pay the expenses of raising that child. And the Romans were, they just could not wrap their head around why anybody would do this. They were mm-hmm. they were just astonished at why somebody would ever do that. And then there were other areas like the plague. When the plague would hit, the Romans were famous for bolting, man. They got out of town as fast as they could. Christians, on the other hand, went to the heart of the plague. They went to ground zero at the risk of their own lives to minister to people they didn't even know. So many of these things added up that after a while— And Romans, by minister, you don't mean handed out tracts to people with the plague. no, no. no. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. And, uh, but they did so many of these things that it forced the Romans to rethink who these Christians were and who is this God they're talking about. And historians today look at that as one of the chief reasons, one of the most significant reasons. Everything shifted and Christianity became the dominant religious faith in the Western world. And so the book, our book simply asks, OK, boycotts haven't worked. Anger hasn't worked. Politics hasn't worked. What if we found the things that would so astonish the culture today that would force them to rethink who we are and who is this God we serve? That's what we want to try to do. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought it was interesting, I, too. Y'all, y'all quoted Daniel Yang, but he, uh, he said that when, th- when theology is born, uh, was born out of a necessity for survival rather than academics and scholarly debate, that people really take their God, their religion seriously. Um, and, and I, I was wondering, how do you guys approach that idea of, it does seem like we do not have necessity or, uh, a, a real danger. I mean, we, we, you know, Christians love to complain how bad we have it and everything, but I really feel like we live, like you said, it's very easy. We're the most technologically savvy idol makers in the world. Cause we just have everything at our hands. We have, uh, unlimited resources in a way. How do we get that necessity back? Like the necessity for Jesus or God? Well, I think the necessity is there because I think for the most part, most Christians realize that the culture has stopped listening to us. And uh, whatever whatever perceived authority, uh, perceived influence that we've had over the past two and a half centuries of this country, I think we've now finally come to the end of that. And just because you're religious or just because you're a pastor doesn't, doesn't win you any points anymore or a priest. It doesn't win you any points. And, and so we need to, as a community, start to do things that will re-astonish or astonish again uh, culture. And so one of the things that we did in the book is start to go through and go, okay, well, what are the things that we could do now? I mean, look, the Christian community for 2,000 years has done extraordinary things, orphanages and hospitals and universities, and all of these things are Christian creations that the people have absolutely loved so much so that they've become common in every culture in, uh, in, in the world. So 
making another school or making another hospital isn't going to do it anymore. That's not going to astonish people. So we looked at some different ways that people might get astonished uh, by some things that we could do. And like, I'll give you an example. In this country, there are 450,000 kids living in the foster care system. And just to put it more bluntly, they've been abandoned. These are 450,000 kids that are just basically our country is helping them survive, but in no way are we helping them thrive. So I look at that and go, all right, well, that's an enormous number. What could we possibly do as individuals? Well, maybe nothing as individuals, but when you all of a sudden start to go, well, hang on, there's 300 plus thousand churches. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That math probably, that's like what, two a, two a church and you solve yeah, that problem. One, one plus kid yeah. a church. Yeah. And the average church size in America is 100 people. Yeah. So all that means is one couple in that church taking in a kid and the other 98 helping support, uh, you know, babysitting, doing whatever it is you have to do. If we did that on a church-wide basis in this country, in one year, we could wipe out the foster care system. Right. Even if you look at that mathematically, you could say a church of 100 people, if you could find the one person to actually take the kid and tell them, however, your financial burden is literally just going to be 1% of what it would cost you to have a kid, if everybody here would also be willing to pay 1% of the cost of saving a kid from foster care. And that means even the parent would be basically having the whole thing funded as yeah. far as that. And it would have, of course, you know, it's a big sacrifice to take in. And what would the culture think if the need for foster care disappeared in a year because of the church? Because a coordinated yep. effort from us. It sounds right. good. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff where, I mean, everybody would love that. Right. Right. Everybody. Liberal, they wouldn't, you uh, couldn't. Secular, there's, there's no one who would argue that that's not a good thing. Toby, will you start that? Yep, I'm starting it right now. <laughs> well, thank you guys for being on this uh, episode with us. I, this is very interesting. There's a lot more in the book. I'm going to put on my journalism hat and ask you one tough question before we go. I noticed that your foreword is by Eric, Eric Metaxas. Now, I have him in the category in my head, and maybe I don't know enough, of one of those political guys, Trump guys, you know, that part of the strategy. But tell me about your relationship with him and if I, if I don't have that right. Well, I've known Eric since a lot longer than he got involved in that. You're right. He's he's gotten much since he's done his national radio program. He's mm-hmm. gotten much more involved politically than he has. I mean, probably in the last year, he's really amped that up quite a bit. But I mean, his book on on you know his book on Dietrich Bonhoeffer is a tremendous, tremendous book. He's mm-hmm. a great writer. Uh, he's a terrific guy. I've been with him around the world, and so I. I he, he, He's a great friend, and I think he's very, very articulate. But you're exactly right. He's gotten involved in a lot of those things. But um, I, he was just somebody that when we thought about people to to get a grasp of this, he really got an understanding of what this was yeah. about and mm-hmm. understood how important this was. And I think maybe it's made him change his thinking about some things. Well, good. Yeah, and I don't I, say I that to shame, to shame that or him or anything, but I do think it's interesting that people are not black and white on it. Like, there's not the yeah, bad yeah. kind of Christian, and he's one of them, and I'm the good kind. I don't think that. Yeah. So I think yeah. I just use that to illustrate that, you know, I'm well, not saying never and, do and politics. I would, also either, say, I would also say that if you look at our list of endorsers that we have in the front of the book, uh, what, what was very interesting to us when we went out to people is, is that we got everybody, left, right, center, uh, Catholic, Protestant, black, white, everybody recognizes that this uh, is a problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's really not like a 
Trump side or non Trump sure. side. It is, every Christian is recognizing that we really have a problem. Well, the list of endorsers, I've never seen one this big of, of people that I know. So I, it's, you know, there are a lot of people that really do like this book that are very credible people. In, in fact, Greg Surratt there at Joey's Church, Propaganda, yeah. our buddy, the rapper, and the list goes on. Tony Campolo is awesome. He's on there. There's a million people. Roma Downey, we know she is. I, I mean, there's, it, there's unbelievable amount of people on here that give this book a lot of praise. Uh, we yeah. really like what it's about very much and appreciate you guys being on and recommend everybody check it out because you guys are on the right track, no yeah. doubt. It's called The Way Back by Phil Cook and Jonathan Bach. We appreciate you guys coming on the show today. This was fun. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, fellas. You know, I feel like um, I really think. Okay. Well, that- before you get going on that, Joey, if you're going to talk about how you feel, I hope it'll address this, the plague sickness blanket that you're wearing. Reva, can you put him on video? I want people to check the video sure. out on this. Joey looks it's one of those weighted blankets. Hilarious right now. He's wearing a <laughs> blanket holding his microphone with his hand in the blanket it as if he freeze. is about to die of some disease. If you were here cartoon. right now, you would definitely <laughs> but, understand. But who carries around a blanket just in case it's cold? I don't. <laughs> yeah. There were two blankets in this room, and I was praising the Lord Almighty for them. I mean, I, just I, mean, I walked in this room, it. and I was like, no way I have to be in here for three hours. It is unbelievable. My but, nose is freezing. Y'all don't even. Y'all can't even see it, but I took... I don't have socks on, so I took my shoes off so I could wrap my feet with another blanket. So there's blankets around my feet, and it is I just don't even. Understand you look like a person dying in a tuberculosis asylum, <laughs> and we're on a video show. I mean, it's hilarious. I just, hey, you know, I just don't, I can't care. So I hope people I guess, screen grab this and stuff. Anyway, we'll send you the memes of it if you're not watching the video. <laughs> anyway, go yeah, back to what you were saying. Well, I just wanted to say I really do think that. And I would imagine they touch on it in this book. Like Jesus says in Luke twenty two twenty five to 27, he says, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors, but you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves for who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves. And I mean, I really do think that that is very key in why the church is not trusted. And it goes back to how people perceive my role as a pastor. Mm-hmm. Like it is not, pastors are not super trustworthy people as a whole. And you cannot treat I'm glad them. You can say that and mean You it. cannot treat them differently and that is the that's a huge problem when when you have churches that are led by pastors and pastors are doing the worst stuff imaginable just like everybody else well then why are you going to trust that system and why are you going to trust the people that follows those people blindly especially mm-hmm. i mean i don't even know if y'all saw this but pastor greg Locke, the guy that's gone online and you know, i'm just going to be super he was on our know, podcast a, uh, what's that he was on our show. Was yeah, he was on our show, know. and he's just like, you know, I don't care what people think about what I think about Muslims or the gay community or abortion. He didn't really it's talk wrong. like that. He didn't talk like that at yes, all. He, he was did. really nice. He was pretty <laughs> no, nice no, on dude, the podcast. No, 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 no. I'm talking Go about ahead. his YouTube videos. I thought, oh, okay, okay. I, I, I thought the guy was I'm, super yeah, nice and, and yeah, great. On the podcast, he was but I mean, nice. he, he, it came out that he left his wife for his secretary, and he's and he's not talking about and all that stuff. And and that's. We say this over and over, but I mean it. That's the problem isn't that he did that. He is a dude, and people mess up. Men and women do stupid stuff, 
But the problem is, oh, we didn't expect him, though, because mm-hmm. he's a pastor. And so he goes on with these YouTube rants, pisses liberals off because they're just like, who is this guy? And why is he saying all this stuff? And then it's like, oh, and he he's just kind of a creep. Well, in, in his defense, here's what's interesting. He did uh, reply back that it's not what everybody's saying. Uh, my beat, my beat. There's, there's some issues going on and person. stuff like that. But here's why you're right. Well, if you're going to be that public and you can't hide that stuff as if it makes everybody look bad. Like the, the biggest problem that I do see facing Christianity is we all are super worried what people to your left and right think, not right. what God thinks, which mm-hmm. is the biggest sign that God's not real. If you right. really do care more about what the person to your left or right at, wherever Ooh, you're standing right cold now, as or ice, sitting, Toby. Then, then you don't care as much about what God thinks. And you let that influence you and challenge you because it you really do care more about those people. So why would you believe in God? Well, I, I don't even understand. Now, the other thing I was thinking about during that uh, is like, man, these guys are super nice, good Christian guys and all that stuff. And I was just thinking, oh, yeah, I'd cussed horribly before they came on. <laughs> yeah, their fans came on. <laughs> like, like, every time we have like just great, super nice men who are That's thoughtful and, and engaging right. and stuff like that, I always go, oh, man, but I was on before them. Well, the, like I'm the worst yeah. person that could go on before those two men. Yeah, <laughs> I have a feeling they probably won't. They they probably won't be upset. No, they, that. that's what I'm saying. They're even cool, but it's almost like I'm, I always feel a little bit like, damn it, I'm a just a not a good person. <laughs> just not. You don't well, want me to go on before you on a podcast. I think what's most get, worthy of thinking about in that, or at least in that, what we discussed earlier was that point where you know you've really got to look at this thing and say. If you follow people's actions, which I'm really big about, then I guess it is about the mega church and its money. That is what we're doing. That is what we are doing. It's like I always say, you know what kind of pizza people like because it's the kind that is not, not there anymore and all the supreme pizza is still sitting right. there. All the baked yeah. beans that everybody said they wanted is still sitting there and the ribs are gone. So you can't listen to what people say they want because what they consume not and true. do You're is right. what they want. And... Like you're saying, if you obviously people's actions declare that they care about what other people think about them, not what God thinks. Additionally, it seems that Christianity is about power and money. And I would have to say, yes, it must be. And therefore, that is the problem. But that is true. So it doesn't look good for the system or the pastors, or the churches. That doesn't, yeah. it's not those, a good look. Those, those bastards. It's just Speaking not a good look. money, I don't know. we have I mean, a BC club we'd like you to give money to. <laughs> so that we can accumulate Joey, and consolidate power. Joey, why should somebody good. listening right now just uh, give us money that they have? Because we're the most powerful Christian podcast <laughs> in the world. Right <laughs> in the world. Oh, man. So the BC club, you can go to the bcclub.com, just like Tom Troyer, Solomon Campos, Chris Magden, Britton Hester, Gabe Nava, Aaron Graves, and Jesse Almanza oh. has done. And I like Almanza. Mm. It sounds like Almanza of my favorite TV show in the history of the world. But these guys went to the bcclub.com. Uh, oh, Baywatch? What's that? Baywatch. Isn't that your favorite? One of the life no. Of season six. Little House on the Prairie, silly. Oh, sorry. Like, but oh. we appreciate... Folks that do they this. watch is like uh, Little House on the Prairie, but with bikinis. Yeah. All right, cool, man. Why don't you tell them about the BC Club if you're going to interrupt me every mother second? He can't. I'm, see, Joey edits himself, and I don't. 
<laughs> I would have said the words. Hey, I just reason, got. I just and got that's a, why you should join. That's why you should send us your money. I'll say <laughs> the words. I'll say them. <laughs> I just got a text that our uh, cat's about to get laid. Isn't that oh, awesome? Nice. Yeah, she's she's in another. You're gonna state. make money off of it, right? Yeah, she's you're, in another. You're state. a cat breeder now. I'm not breeding. Somebody else is breeding. She's. Does a, that mean you have to milk her? <laughs> she's right? a ragdoll cat which is a uh, really awesome uh breed apparently purebred and so we had to take her to this lady and when you take a cat into unfamiliar territory it takes them a while to get in heat but they just texted us and said she's about to get in heat so she's about to get so joey's cat not only is getting laid but it's is making joey money which sounds yeah well, check this like you're That's, a pimp you are a pimp <laughs> no i want i Pastor want our pimp. kids to be lined you're super the happy beauty of bringing Where's life your money? into this world and listen Joey's to this a pimp, i had to a cat pimp i had pussy, to pay a pussy pimp pimping listen that to pussy. this no doubt because my because <laughs> my stupid wife fell in love with this cat we paid six hundred dollars for the daggum thing God, See, i had to pay seven hundred trafficking are amongst the charges. i had to pay seven hundred dollars for the rights to breed her and we're gonna have to pay uh the people that she's with right now another seven hundred dollars to have her stud i guess is is that what her pimping ain't stud? Easy. hold on wait a minute but check this pay, out listen how you hilarious had to pay somebody seven hundred dollars to listen, breed the cat yeah, so uh, we are selling these damn kittens. That's for damn sure. And oh, don't uh, show them those kids. You're, you're not it, supposed you're to sell them for anything less than nine hundred dollars because you could easily sell them for like a thousand. That's what's crazy. And and I hear, uh, watch me be totally screwed. I'm gonna have five uh, ragdoll like kittens. Some harebrained <laughs> scheme that's not gonna turn out good. <laughs> but listen to this. I, if it doesn't have a puppy no mill next week, this I, I really do. I'm excited for our kids and that's me awesome. too. I can't wait to see kittens. But listen to this. Listen how crazy this is the uh the males have to be a they have to be aggressive because sometimes they'll try to like stick it in and the female like almost gets mad like she wants it but she's also mad and so she kind of wait like, joy this was just your you she, last tuesday <laughs> she like slaps them and you know in the face claws them mm -mm. and if the male isn't persistent enough he'll just give up and she won't get pregnant so you have to have mm -hmm. like some aggressive males but it's just oh it's wrong. all right well join, give give joey money to help pay for his cat to get laid <laughs> The VC Club is awesome. You get an extra bonus episode, uh, a lot of friendship and community on the Facebook pages and all kinds of stuff. So definitely check that out. We do appreciate it. Thank you all for listening to this episode. Maybe go to church and just like say something crazy this Sunday. While your pastor's talking. Yeah, definitely while he or she, but everybody knows it's not she. <laughs> just talking. Hey, I... I, I I will hey, uh, listen. Uh, 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 listen. Uh, uh, I will have you on this podcast if you go to a mega church with more than two thousand people in the room and you stand up during the pastor's sermon and say, "I listen to the Bad Christian Podcast." If you do that and, and film you, it, you film and you have you and you have video of please it, don't do you that. will come yeah, on. Just don't just do it. That, don't I mean, they that. will immediately. I mean, it's just it's just mean. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Then, Everybody then knows. We'll, I'm just immediately we'll became have, the thing. Like it's no longer possible. To have a full church service anywhere in America without somebody standing up and filming it and saying, right. "I listened to Bad Christian," it'd be the best marketing <laughs> cam. It'd be like planking, you know. It'd be the best. Like, there's no church service where that never doesn't happen again. That'd be horrible, <laughs> but I, I would like it. It'd be all right. All right, see y'all. <laughs>